Today's episode of Content Academy is brought to you by Pringles' new 4K Pringle-shaped televisions. They are they come in a can. Yes. Uh, they come in about a stack of thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not. I mean, it's nice. You get a lot of bang for your buck. The Pringles shape mm-hmm. is interesting. It's kind of more immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, but since they are, well, the ones at the bottom are always going to be cracked. Yeah. The ones at the bottom are just going to be cracked. You have to just accept that. It's just part of how they're packaged, but that's why you get thirties. You have backups. Right. Yeah. Well, it's Tuesday again. That means it's time to get the content crew back together for another 45 of edutainment broadcasting live from the content Academy mobile command center is, uh, just me. It's Josh. Uh, and calling in from her house is Georgia. Hey, what's up? Alex is gone hey, this wait week. Wait a minute, Josh. Where is Alex? Yeah, he had he we had some scheduling difficulties this week. Uh, he is actually down in Nevada helping them count ballots. Uh, they needed a few more fingers and toes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he yeah, is a very good counter. An hour. But Manda, yeah, he has to he has to do three ballots an hour. It was gonna be four hours but the ballot counter union worked him down to three an hour minimum he is a very good counter though i will say good. especially so he, up to three. Oh yeah he can That's do three really no problem shines. he can do three no yeah. problem at all well what do you guys say like we get in backwards what do you say <laughs> like forwards and backwards oh yeah oh yeah all uh over the place. well what do you guys say we get into some headlines as the only other guys here yeah <laughs> Not only is guys uh, gender neutral, it's also singular and plural. <laughs> 2020 people. Okay, Elon Musk says, okay, and I should say, these are Alex's headlines, um, and I'm going to try to do my best to deliver them like Alex would. Oh, okay. So, kind of just imagine that I'm Alex for this part. Okay. Elon Musk says that he's tested both positive and negative for COVID within 24 hours. Whoa, awesome. The question on everybody's mind, does Elon have COVID? Probably. (laughs) That's a pretty good Alex. (laughs) (laughs) The U.S. Department of Homeland Security says that there's no evidence voting was compromised. And I say that there's no evidence getting a bunch of snacks on a road trip is bad for you. (laughs) calories don't count yeah agree retweet yeah uh the nintendo switch has been the u.s's best-selling video game console for the last 23 months bad news for the game baby (laughs) okay that one was kind of (laughs) dumb come on alex in golfing news tiger woods hopes of defending his title came to an unlikely end when he realized that you're actually not supposed to score the most points dumb so bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> again this is alex i feel like this is what alex would say this is i actually think okay. these are good i actually think these are really okay. good but i'm just trying to say okay. what alex would say you know okay a publication called inverse reports a publication called inverse reports that the mandalorian finally fixes the worst thing about star wars the worst thing it being mostly bad <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a pretty big cliffhanger there because i was like immediately running yeah things about star wars yeah thinking how could it fix all of them exactly (laughs) disney has tapped a director for their new lilo and stitch movie no word yet on when they'll hire one though 
before they're doing like a live action. This we, I I don't know probably. This is this is kind of that genre of Alex headlines where he, it's just kind of a comment on strange word choice that is only really used in headlines like tapped. Directors right. are always That's tapped, it. never hired. Uh, it's very true. And it's also always a foray and it's something is also mm-hmm. an, of an ilk of something. Right. Yeah. So that was pretty good headlines. Um good job Alex. Job Alex. Um did you have any news you wanted to talk about this week, Georgia? Oh, um, me? Um, well, I did... It's personal <laughs> it's really or... funny. I, it's personal. <laughs> Just personal bit of news. I okay. tried to uh, buy a car the other weekend. Okay. And I, tried to, I was looking at that, uh, the Carvana thing. Yeah. You know, where it's the, where it's the it's car. It's a Pringles car tube. <laughs> it's, well, it's... <laughs> close it's the car vending machine mm-hmm. right so um going up to the vending machine and i saw the car i wanted and i'm like perfect so then you know i hit the you know whatever it was 5f yeah and then it's the car you know the swirly thing comes behind the car and pushes it out and it gets stuck damn it worse right so i was like <laughs> you have to buy another car to push it out so, so so i bought the car behind it yeah thinking okay this is perfect you know, and then it's, you know, it's another car, you know, we're a two-car household, fine. But then both of them get stuck. What? And I was like, crap. Oh, my gosh. So then I was like, kicking the machine didn't work, obviously. Oh, yeah. You know, that was kind of starting to hurt my foot after And a you're a really so powerful I, kicker. I do. You know, I'm very, like, lower body, like, centered. Uh-huh. So, um, so then I decided to buy the Jeep above it. Uh-huh. To cut, to knock it down. Like, knock it down. Yeah. yeah. So, which I thought was a pretty good idea. So I bought the Jeep above it, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And then that one gets stuck. It's like the little twirly thing just keeps twirling, but the Jeep went, like, up the side. Oh, so that was stuck, God. too. And, of course, there's no attendance around because yeah. you know, there's never a vending machine attendant when you need one. God so now it. I've spent, like, $150,000 on three different cars that i've yet to get so and that, i decided well i'm just that's it i'm just gonna go yeah and now the next person is probably gonna get four cars for the price of one probably gonna get four cars Jeez. yeah i know so that, needless to say I'm not a fan of car vending machines that really sucks i know of that, all the vending machines right yeah yeah which made me think about other vending machines in the world i heard japan has some pretty crazy ones Japan has some crazy. You can pretty much get anything in a vending machine in Japan. Yeah. Which I like the idea. I gotta mm-hmm. say, and I feel like in you know post-COVID world that wouldn't be a bad thing. It's also very Honestly. cyberpunk. It's also very cyberpunk. Yes, yeah. it's it's very, it's <laughs> it's very. Um, gosh, how many video games use vending machines? uh bioshock stuff. bioshock like, is like the notable BioShock, one to me there's um borderlands does it a lot Bo- thank you for reading my yeah. mind borderlands is another b1 yeah yeah borderlands does it um it kind of it just makes sense yeah it just makes sense if you're in a video game and you know you only you can only use some buttons exactly so i feel like it makes sense post covid yeah that's a great point it's a great yeah. point then you know buy all your guns and ammo in a vending machine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it has to have like a so. it has to have like a 
uh, character's voice uh, coming out of the vending machine. <laughs> That's like the proprietor. Yeah. yeah. And a jingle. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. let's let's get into uh, the Joshi report for this week. Um, we are still doing our series on uh, conspiracy theories. Uh, last week we did... Wait. Yep. Last week we did the Denver International Airport. Which we totally which was fascinating. It was very interesting. Totally debunked, yeah. but still interesting to hear about. Uh, this week, I wanted to do a conspiracy that was. Oh, you're cracking a lot. This week. Oh, sorry. This week, I wanted to do a conspiracy that was actually true. Um, but spoiler alert: in the course of investigating this one, I also <laughs> debunked it. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, really, you're debunking these kind of left and right. I really can't it help it. It makes me surprised that nobody's looked at it before. <laughs> you're the first person who's debunking these. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was mostly it's it like was case closed. Yeah, open and shut. I gotta get you on DB Cooper. You know, be like, <laughs> it was this guy. I rest my case, Your Honor. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll kind of get into it. It was kind of a misconception, I guess, on my part, but. So okay. I was I researched the Roswell UFO incident of Ooh. 1947. Okay. This has been I mean it's huge. They they made a movie about yeah. it. Did you ever see the movie Fire in the Sky? I didn't, but I know Roswell is like that's a huge cultural touchstone. Oh yeah. Like without that, we, I don't think we'd have half the sci-fi we have now. Oh, absolutely. There was yeah. there was sci-fi before the Roswell incident, like they had um, uh, Flash Gordon and stuff, but they didn't mm -hmm. have. Um, it it really created a lot of uh, the UFO kind of themes that we see all the time, like mm -hmm. the little green men, the flying saucers. Mm -hmm. It all kind of played well, a part. We'd have ET. Yeah. If Roswell hadn't been a thing. Yeah. You know? Definitely not. Okay, so I kind of assembled this in um, in the format of a timeline of events, so okay, we can kind of go sweet. through. So I um, love that it'll be like a History Channel documentary. Yes. Okay, so it all began on June fourth, nineteen forty-seven, as part of top secret Project Mogul. Researchers at Alamogordo Army Airfield in New Mexico launched a high-altitude balloon designed to detect sound waves generated from Soviet atomic bomb tests. The device was actually a vertical string of rubber balloons held together with wooden sticks and including radar reflectors for tracking it. For a second, I thought that was an Alex headline. But that's, <laughs> no, no punchline that's, here. That's true. Right? That's, that's exactly what they did. Sticks and balloons. Yep. It was and sticks and balloons, it. and it's actually kind of cool. a cool idea. It came from this uh, this guy who like studied um, sound underwater and how like sound waves behaved underwater, and he had this idea that atomic bomb tests the sound waves would be behave differently in very high altitudes, where the speed of sound was slower, and where the sound waves could propagate, and so you could actually detect uh, the sound of the detonation at a certain altitude with microphones hooked up to a balloon basically did he also come up with like macaroni necklaces <laughs> okay i'm done <laughs> that was, okay no no he did not <laughs> that is really interesting though yeah like just not because at that point it's you're not really can 
you know, sensing the sound. It's just like the waves from it. That's yeah. crazy. They, ultimately, the program was too expensive and they scrapped it because they found out other ways of detecting sonic or nuclear bomb tests. Like they used, um, uh, like basically like the same way you would detect an earthquake, you can detect it seismically and you can also detect, uh, the radiation in the air, I believe. Huh? But this was their, this was an idea they had, you know, it was basically like a big string, uh, rig of weather balloons designed to stay at yeah. a certain altitude for a long time and collect this audio data. So that was just ju- cooler than the other methods. Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> like so crazy it just might work kind of kind of vibe. Right, yeah. So that was June 4th, 1947. Uh, 10 days later, okay. June 14th, 1947, William Brazel, a rancher, notices strange wreckage on the ground at J.B. Foster Ranch outside Roswell, New Mexico. In an interview with the Roswell Daily Record, he states that he and his son saw a large area of bright wreckage made up of rubber strips, tinfoil, and rather tough paper and sticks. Now, that's got to be just like, I he had to have just been blown out of his mind. Like, what the hell was all this what? stuff? That's like such random stuff. I know. Like sticks and tinfoil. It's not like... <laughs> Macaroni necklaces? <laughs> what is it with you and macaroni necklaces today? <laughs> I don't know. You're bringing it up. So <laughs> it's like, it does seem, the materials make it sound like a kindergarten craft project. You're absolutely right. I mean. William exactly. Brazel also found dozens of macaroni necklaces. So he found so all those handprint turkeys. Okay. <laughs> So he finds all this stuff on his ranch and basically is just like, huh, that's weird. And then doesn't do anything about it. But then, okay, so this is where it kind of takes a turn. So June 24th, 1947, we have Kenneth Arnold. He's a pilot flying in his three-seater Calair Model A airplane near Mineral, Washington. And he sees a series of bright flashes of light in the sky. At first, he thought they were just reflections or birds, but after watching them for a while, he determined that they were a group of flying objects. And he actually even rolled down the window in his plane to look at them to make sure they weren't, like, reflections. (laughs) I thought that was cute. He he, he rolled it? Well, I don't know if you roll it down or, like, open it some other way, but yeah. Okay, I really hope it's one of those, like, you know, in old cars where you roll, you have the, Mm -hmm. the crank. I'm just going to say it's one of the, like, hand-cranked. Yeah, I hope it was. That's canon now. Okay, yeah. So, the objects passed in front of his aircraft moving erratically and performed a series of dazzling maneuvers in formation. He calculated that they must have been traveling at supersonic speeds, which at that time was faster than any manned aircraft. Mm. This was in 1947. I mean, this is a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So, they hadn't done, I think it was the X-1, the first... Uh, hyper or supersonic jet basically yet that was in like the mid 50s i want to say um and the way he calculated all this was kind of cool like he could see them uh going behind certain mountain ranges um and so he he timed how long it took them to go from one mountain to another basically and then once he got home later he kind of calculated out how fast they must have been going yeah he, well, that's cool that he had the clarity at that time. 
to yeah. think, okay, let's time how long it takes for the zip between these mountain yeah. peaks and map it. That's cool. The kind of the the thing about Kenneth Arnold was like he was interviewed all by all these different you know um, publications and stuff, but they all thought uh-huh. that he was remarkably credible as a witness. He was an he was a really good Sounds pilot. Like he yeah he took like detailed observations of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sighting was also corroborated by several individuals around Ma- Mount Rainier at the time. Although the pilot of an airliner flying about ten miles south of Arnold reported seeing nothing unusual. Arnold noticed the airliner during a sighting, and he also used that to help calculate the speed of the UFOs, too. Okay. So, a bunch of people on the ground, one person, it said he was a prospector on Mount Rainier. I didn't think people were still prospecting in 1947. (laughs) I mean, 1940, well, wait, 1849 was the gold rush. Right, yeah. About 100 years too late. 100 years too late. Yeah, I was picturing... A guy with like one of those huge floppy hats and a pickaxe and overalls, and he's like, "I saw these <laughs> blinding lights Yukon in the Cornelius. sky." Yeah, Yukon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. Okay. So, the sighting was covered by numerous U.S. and Canadian newspapers in the following days, with some using the term "flying saucer" or "flying disc." In the following weeks, there were several hundred reports of similar sightings in the U.S. and around the world. Arnold claimed that he was misquoted as calling them saucer-shaped when he actually said they moved like a saucer if you skip it across the water. Which... Oh, okay. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I feel like that is a pretty big uh, misquote. Um, I don't know. You know, if he he had said, like, they moved like a saucer. Yeah. And just, you know, left it that, not... Like a saucer thrown across the Do water. a lot of people throw saucers on water? <laughs> yeah, who is throwing, who is skipping saucers? I mean, you got stones right there. Yeah. Um, anyway. So that was kind of odd, okay. I thought. But I did think it would it would be ironic that, like, we have this image of a flying saucer now when the mm-hmm. first person with a really good sighting of what would be called a flying mm-hmm. saucer didn't even describe them as saucer-shaped. He described them as, like, he also said they were, like, crescent-shaped or concave. He he wasn't really, Pringle. yeah. It, I mean, he was pretty far away from them, and it was hard to make out details. But anyway, that was kind of interesting. That's kind of how the whole flying saucer type thing blew up, is because this, either this misquote or Kenneth uh, describing them that way. And then... Okay. Wouldn't you know it, after all these newspaper articles come out, hundreds of other people suddenly start seeing these flying saucers. Yeah, so. that's, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which that in itself is a really interesting phenomenon. When yeah. When something's first reported, suddenly everything, suddenly there's more of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I saw one it, of those. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But is it, you know, that kind of question of, or is it now like a correct diagnosis or kind of thing other than like does it just have a name now so people know what to call it and have people been seeing it forever right yeah who knows you know like uh like autism you just used to be dumb <laughs> you know when autism you know, used to be dumb yeah yeah you're right then, though you're right autistic autistic people aren't dumb at all it's just people didn't know any better exactly yeah okay 
So that was Kenneth Arnold and his story. We won't be going back to him. Now we're going back to uh, Brazel, the oh, rancher. We are not going back to him. I refuse. Uh, that was just for context. That was just for context. Okay. Because, okay, so Brazel, Brazel hears about all this stuff, about flying discs, okay. because this is a okay. national phenomenon. Um, right, so, and, and Brazel was the guy who built the, the balloons and sticks project. Right? <laughs> he didn't build it. He saw it. He found them. <laughs> oh, that's right. He found it. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, they were built by a team of researchers at New York University. And that it okay. was it was interesting because that was Project Mogul, and part of the project was public, and but part of it was top secret, and that was the part okay. of the detecting this the atomic tests. Okay. So Brazel hears okay. about these flying discs, and he's like, "Hey, wait a second, maybe that stuff is from a flying saucer." So he Dang. so he tells a local sheriff that he may have found one. Mm-hmm. And then the sheriff contacts the Roswell Army Airfield Major Jesse Marcel, who brought a team out to the ranch and found even more debris. <clears throat> so the, they find all this debris. The Army's involved now. They bring a team out to the ranch. They find all this stuff. And then uh, Airfield Public Information Officer Walter Hout issued a press release mistakenly stating that they had recovered a flying disc. So this was kind of, huh. <laughs> yeah, mistake. Just like, how was it mistakenly? Like, did he just be well, like, it's a, "You're my phone"? I think he just got a little excited. He got a little excited. <laughs> yeah. That's what it smells like. Or maybe there was a miscommunication in the chain. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows mm-hmm. how exactly or why he issued this statement. But I mean, just okay. looking at this wreckage, you would never think that it was a flying saucer. Like there was no. There wasn't like no curve engine parts. No, yeah, there's no metal, just tin foil. Mm. Um, so anyway, he issues the statement, and of course, it goes viral, and it's picked up by several local papers. <laughs> as um, viral as it can be. Right, 1947 yeah. viral. Yeah. Um, so that happens, but the next day, army officials are like, "Hang on a second. <laughs> and they release photos of the debris with uh, Major Marcel holding them up and they claim that instead instead of a flying saucer it was just wreckage from a weather balloon and that story was convincing enough to most people at the time that everyone seemed to just move on okay so okay at that point it's basically a non-story for another 30 years that's so weird people just bought that yeah and i mean it's again different times exactly different times this was like this was before we, Air, the Air Force was even a separate uh, branch of the military. It was still oh, Army. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's just to it tell you just the Army. how long ago this was. And I think huh. it's hard for me to uh, quantify all this, but I feel like back then, just like, like just coming off of uh, World War II, um, mm-hmm. the military was occupied a totally different cultural space than it does I now. Bet. It was like, I, I feel like it was a combination of, like, military was a combination of, the, like, superheroes now, and also, like, I don't know, Fast and the Furious. It was, like, something no, else. I'm, I'm sure they were very, like, uh, respected. Yeah. And, like, people trusted them. 
they were way more than now yeah they were the top men they were like figuring yeah. things out best and the best. making all these huge uh devices and vehicles and you know researching all this stuff and we had huge geopolitical enemies at the time also and patriotism yeah. was at an all-time high yeah. Um, it was, it's hard to, it's hard for me to wrap my head around how different culturally that must have been. Um, yeah, that's a really good point though. I like that you, you've kind of take, yeah. taken that angle or looked at that angle cause that's something to consider. For yeah. Sure. And people that, I mean, people just accepted that, um, the, the second story that the army gave was, was correct and they messed up on the first one. Um, Man. So, but that will change because uh, in 1980, Charles Berlitz and William Moore, prominent conspiracy authors, they had written books on like the Bermuda Triangle and the Philadelphia, or what was it? So this is 30 years later, basically. 30 years later, well, 1980. So yeah, about 30 years later. So these two authors released their book called The Roswell Incident. And in this book, they they claim that an alien craft was flying over New Mexico which, ironically, they claimed that it was to observe U.S. nuclear weapons testing. Um, and the craft supposedly was struck by lightning and crashed. And then the authors interviewed Major Marcel, who he was the one who was first called in to look at the debris by Brazel. And he described in the interview this debris as nothing made on this earth. <laughs> Which, I mean, <laughs> it was just rubber and tinfoil and sticks. So... Uh. I mean, this is 30 years later. I don't know how old Marcel was at the time, but he was at least 70, probably, or late six, very late 60s. So they also yeah, because con- looking at a, looking at that photo of him in the yeah, like holding up the wreckage, he's I don't know, young to middle aged guy. He was like 38 on a good day. Yeah, 40. Yeah, 38 on a good day. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. Different. 2020 has lasted approximately 25 years. <laughs> I feel 38. We feel it now. Yeah. yeah. So that would make me, damn, 59, right. 20, if 2020 lasted 20 or 25 years, that would make me <laughs> too old. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, too old. So awesome. this book kind of opens the floodgates. It was so popular and more books come out, some even alleging that alien bodies were recovered in the crash. Well, and this is what, right after uh, Star Wars came Yeah, out. yeah, for sure. You know, so we're still in the height of this, like, everybody's thinking about space. And, yep. like, this uh, first man landed on the moon not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So that totally makes sense. And this is, this is also when conspiracy theories start to really take hold. With the JFK right. assassination, um, with, I mean, the Bermuda Triangle is also super, yeah. super popular. Um, yeah. so, but this just opens the floodgates. Hundreds of interviews are conducted with people who claim to have knowledge of the events. And this is over 30 years again after the event took place. So right. the people they're interviewing, only very few people ever claimed to have a seen the wreckage or, you know, B were around when, when it was found. And on top of that, like no one ever saw the actual, an actual UFO, just the wreckage. Just the wreckage. Yeah. Yeah. So the the Roswell incident and UFOs in general uh, officially are like an industry now for books and uh-huh. soon movies and uh, like episodes of Unsolved Mysteries and stuff like that, TV documentaries. Um, 
so that all kind of just continues to build and like i've seen pictures of roswell now and they have like um i think they have like the ufo diner or something that's shaped like a flying oh, saucer it's, or something yeah it's it's all about ufos now they've cashed in on yeah it. they've gone all in on which, it which yeah i mean why wouldn't you yeah that so, makes sense yeah. but still the the official government uh explanation of this is that it was still a weather balloon um nothing else really has developed officially mm-hmm. since then just the explanation i of mean it one. just kind of looks like a big kite yeah it's if just you like look at the photos yeah it's nothing that i mean it's it's weird i think part of what made it take hold was that it was just so weird that it was out there in the middle of nowhere you know um but there's a bunch of all, all these other books started to make really crazy claims like there was like armed soldiers turning people away from the crash site and all this stuff and like nurses mm. claimed to have seen alien bodies in the hospital and all this crazy stuff so but that's still mostly uh just you know ufo believer crazy stuff it's not really i mean it was never really acknowledged by the government ex- apart from that explanation that it was a weather balloon so now we jump forward to january 1994 so after receiving numerous inquiries from ufo believers and roswell residents new mexico congressman stephen schiff reached out to defense secretary les aspen for more information about the roswell incident schiff claimed that although he was skeptical skeptical about ufos and aliens the lack of response from the defense department made him believe that there was more to the story he asked the General Accounting Office to search for any government records about the Roswell incident. The General Accounting Office contacted the Air Force, which released a report concluding that the debris was most likely from Project Mogul. And now we have gone full circle. Okay. So, so it wasn't until 94 when someone really put the pieces together and realized, oh, this was probably from that Project Mogul thing. I see. Um, huh. I thought it was funny that the Congressman Schiff uh, was like getting tired of people asking him about <laughs> UFO stuff. Yeah. So he was yeah. like, fine, I'll ask the DOD. But <laughs> what was kind of stupid also was like, he asked the Department of Defense about it, and they rightly were like, uh, yeah, we'll look into that. <laughs> and then said nothing because, <laughs> because I mean, it was just a weather balloon or something like right. that. So they didn't take right. it seriously. But because of that, Schiff was like, hang on, there must be more to this. Yeah. <laughs> he made the opposite conclusion that he should have. Yeah. Uh, he went deeper instead of kind of brushing it off. So yeah. ultimate, well. ultimately, we got our answer. Yeah. And it's not like the Department of Defense is going to, I don't know, like... Whenever you're giving information to any kind of government agency, that's that's kind of that's a one-way street. They're not gonna be like, "Yes, you yeah. are absolutely right." Exactly. They'll like thank you for you know whatever contribution you made, and they'll just either file that away or <laughs> maybe look at it. Yeah. They're not gonna get back to you. You know, so and I can see how that would definitely fuel some. Yeah. Some controversy, absolutely, yep. but that's just kind of how they roll. Yep. So I had, That's fascinating. I had thought it was it's, it was an interesting story. I had thought that the weather balloon story was a deliberate cover up, 
but I don't even know if that's the case anymore. I think um, I wasn't able to find out whether the officers at the airfield were aware of Project Mogul at the time. And even if some of them had top secret clearance, it's unclear whether they would have been even briefed on it. So, Mm. I mean, I just think like since since the materials in the records were so ordinary, they probably didn't see the need to investigate further at the time. And maybe maybe it didn't exactly fit what like a weather balloon would be. It was close enough and a reasonable enough explanation that they kind of just went with it. Like it wasn't like. It wasn't like a wreckage of a jet. It wasn't like an engine and like you know a seat or controls or anything. It was just you know sticks yeah, it was and like some flimsy tinfoil. Yeah, so they were probably like, well, we maybe not are not sure exactly what it is, but it doesn't seem to be anything really dangerous or important. So it's probably just like a weather balloon, and they didn't really mm-hmm. devote any more time to it. So I, don't I know. guess I had always thought that like I. I'd, seen those photos before but i guess i always thought that there was probably more of the records wreckage that i that there were right yeah you know well and some people claimed that like the the wreckage in the photos wasn't the actual wreckage they found and that was just stuff that they swapped out to make it look like a weather balloon but cycle of conspiracy yeah there's no evidence for that obviously um Mm -hmm. it just makes you have to explain more instead of less so yeah well every because it's like well how does that cycle go it's like everything confirms your theory mm-hmm. you, or like you make it confirm your anything theory. that would disprove it, it just makes yeah. it makes it even deeper or makes it even, an even right. bigger conspiracy right and so th- that, that makes sense yeah the every what it was what were the three things everything is connected everything happened for a reason and uh there, there are no coincidences and there are no coincidences yeah and well, and then what you're saying, what you're saying, like nothing, it, it, it can't be something that can be what totally disproved. Right. Yeah. There's always yeah. some little tiny element of doubt or something that doesn't quite right. add up. But right. yeah. and in this case, I feel like it's just whether or not gov- the government was doing a cover up. <clears throat> yeah. And something I think that contributed to that was, so the initial press release claimed that it was part of a flying saucer <laughs> but then they go go yeah. back on that the next day yeah so the fact oh, that gosh. the fact that they reverse it just adds to the confusion which is what conspiracy theories feed off of is just confusion and information right. that doesn't really even though so if the government wanted to cover up a ufo crash why would they acknowledge that it was a ufo crash in their initial statement that's a good question. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it also goes back to like it was a very different time. Yeah, you know, and depends on who the journalist is asking. Also, yeah, you know, some if this is the first time anything like this has happened, maybe the government was like, uh, we don't really have an official protocol on this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So well, I don't know. This is this is fascinating. I like when you do reports, Josh. Thank like, you so much. Yeah. This was a fun one no, to I do. Could, I could. There are so many aspects of this that I could talk about forever. <laughs> just even just like, you know, the cultural zeitgeist of the time. Yeah. Or why all of a sudden since Roswell, that's when like the spike of uh, UFO sightings happened, and like where have other spikes of UFO sightings happened? Yeah. And, like, what points in history and 
No, it's that's awesome. The truth that's, is out there. The truth is out there. That's right. The truth is out there. <laughs> I want to believe. And turns out it's 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 a weather balloon. <laughs> <laughs> well, a nuclear <laughs> detection balloon, but same difference. Well, truth hurts. <laughs> yeah, and I want to believe. Is one hundred percent that weather balloon. Yep. Okay, that's all I had. Um, Georgia, we take it over to you for uh, the puzzle. For the puzzle. Yes, it's time to put on our thinking caps and also believe everything you hear and definitely question the government because <laughs> it's time for Puzzle Alley. Da 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 Nope, and it's fine. We oh, might okay. even add it in post and cut all this out. So, go ahead, well, take go. it away. Okay. Okay, so, this is kind of a riddle for you, and it's actually a, it's a, it's a classic, uh, classic okay. puzzle. It's, it's a man. A Four legs in the <laughs> morning, two in the no. afternoon, three at night. It's a man. No. No, it's <laughs> You got it. <laughs> That would have been the fastest puzzle alley ever. No, uh, still, you may have heard of this before. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, three days ago, yesterday was the day before Sunday. Oh, God. What day will it be tomorrow? (laughs) Three days ago, yesterday was the day before Sunday. What day will it be tomorrow? Okay. Three days ago. I, I can I can give you some some kind of warm up versions of this too. I think like, uh, I think I can do it. Okay. So three days ago, the day before yesterday was Sunday. Is that right? Three days ago, yesterday was the day before Sunday. Yesterday was the day before Sunday. Okay. So that means uh, that would be Wednesday. So Wednesday. So three days ago. What's the day before? No, wait. Tuesday. So, Monday, Sunday, Saturday. And that's the day before Sunday. So, it's Tuesday. Then, tomorrow would be... Right? That's the next part. What's what's tomorrow going to be? What is tomorrow? What is tomorrow? That would mean tomorrow would be Wednesday, I believe. Is that your final answer? <laughs> I, I just wish Alex was here. <laughs> Do you need to phone a friend? I just miss him so much. Not even yeah. in the puzzle. Just that would be so. That'd be so funny if you would, like call Alex right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Read it to me. Read it to me again, just so I can, you know, be sure. Okay. Three days ago, yesterday, was the day before Sunday. What day will it be tomorrow? Okay. So I messed up. So. Three days ago, yesterday, so that's actually four days ago, would be Saturday. So that's Wednesday. So tomorrow would be Thursday. That's my final answer. Locking it in, ka-chunk. You're right. Yes. That was close. I almost got it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's, it's wild. You have to figure out what day is today yeah that's really the heart of it yeah and then it throws you because they're asking for for you know tomorrow but yeah you're right cool good stuff 
kind of disappointed it wasn't the riddle of the sphinx but i'll get over it <laughs> well i mean you already solved that one yeah in record time so. suck it sphinx <laughs> man if you're ever abandoned in ancient egypt and have to get <laughs> by a sphinx they're in trouble yep absolutely you're just gonna like keep walking and be like it's man <laughs> <laughs> Yes. You know, jaguar head and Aladdin. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Screaming something about infidels. (laughs) So culturally appropriate. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's all we have. I don't have a corner. I'm not going to do two segments in a week. That's just too much. (laughs) That's that's a lot. Um, Yeah. I feel like I would kind of be remiss to not mention the current conspiracy theory taking hold in our nation that... Donald Trump, in fact, won the election and that millions of votes were cast fraudulently. Um, But that, of course, has zero evidence for it. It can Uh be dismissed out of hand. Even Uh I saw even um, John Bolton, the former, uh, I believe he was formerly the Trump's Secretary of Defense before he I think he was Secretary of Defense. SecDef. Um, Yeah, he also kind of looks like a Muppet. He does look like a Muppet. Uh, also, former, terrible. Former Muppet, former Secretary of Defense. Current terrible human being. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, he had kind of a funny comment, I thought. He said that um, whoever. <laughs> he said that the conspiracy is that every. The, uh, the votes were faked so thoroughly that there was no evidence for it anywhere. And so he said, like, we need to find out whoever did this and hire them for the CIA. <laughs> But anyway, hopefully we get through this. I did also see that Trump uh, tweeted that like something like the only reason he won was because of the fake news media. <laughs> but so, but that was like essentially admitting that Biden won in a way. <laughs> and so yeah, I could, yeah. his yeah. next tweet was like, I don't concede anything. <laughs> I concede nothing. I, I just feel so bad for his legal team because I know you know you gotta sue some states to keep them from counting and <laughs> other states you gotta sue to make them keep counting. Yeah. Because you know there's gotta be some lost votes in there for him, right? So yeah. they gotta keep counting. But We're trying states, to find the lost votes. Counting. Yeah. Find only the lost Trump votes. <laughs> yeah. The rest go in the shredder. Yeah, never mind the states where the Republican senators won and also Biden mm-hmm. won. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's all part of the conspiracy. That's right. Um, anyway, let's wrap this up. Great episode, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs>